Hello, welcome to the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset Podcast, where it is all about helping amazing physicians just like you create a wealthy life free from burnout and with the financial security to practice medicine on your own terms. I'm your host, Dr. Elisa Zhang. Hello, and thanks so much for listening to the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset Podcast. I know I chose a somewhat controversial title for this podcast, but it's truly my belief that marriage is a financial decision, but divorce shouldn't be. Who you marry can make a huge impact on your finances. And I'm not talking about marrying someone for the money. Current Western culture really attributes marriage is for love. I know when I was a middle school student, I was already indoctrinated with this idea, even before ever having had a boyfriend. You found someone you love so much that you want to spend the rest of your life with, and that's who you married. It's a fairy tale, and you'll live happily ever after, or so the fairy tales go. But there are other views on marriage. And I bring up middle school because when I was in middle school, I had a friend who was Indian, and his older sister was getting married. The marriage was an arranged marriage, which was really kind of new to me at that time. Of course, my memory for an event that happened over 30 years ago, isn't going to be crystal clear. I do remember having a poignant conversation with my friend. In his culture, arranged marriage was accepted. His parents wanted the best for their daughter and also knew her very well. They would pick a spouse for her that would be compatible and support raising a family. His own parents had had arranged marriage and they were happy. I haven't talked to this friend for decades. And while I do know that he did get married, I don't know if his marriage was arranged or not. So, so far, I've gone over two views. Marriage is for love, and marriage is for two people to come together to create a family in harmony. If you look at history, marriage was for political or possibly financial gain. This was certainly true among royalty and the aristocracy. Kings married off their daughters to reinforce political ties. Marriages could be crafted to join kingdoms. The marriage of Fernandan and Isabella in 1469 is what unified Spain. If you watch Downton Abbey, you may recall that Lord Robert Crawley married an American heiress, Cora. He married her for her wealth, and she married him for the title. They were portrayed as a couple in love as well. And the Crawley daughters all sought love matches. Marriage currently is also viewed as a religious union. In the Middle Ages, marriage ceremonies would occur on the steps of a church, not inside the church, because marriage was actually a secular act with a marriage contract. Well, I think that, at least in the United States, less people look at marriage as a financial decision, it's actually one of the largest financial decisions that you'll make. Once a couple is married, their finances generally start to mingle. For some couples, the finances get completely combined. Other couples will keep their separate finances and have some shared finances. There's always the option of getting a prenuptial agreement as well. Without a prenuptial agreement, depending on what state you live in, your assets will become joint with your spouse. If you want to make your retirement account beneficiary someone other than your spouse, then your spouse must agree to give up being the primary beneficiary. When two people are living together, married or not, there will be shared expenses. Things like utilities, household cleaning supplies, possibly furniture, and groceries if you cook and eat together. If you have children together, there will be expenses that go into raising children, their food, clothes, education, and even daycare costs or a nanny. 
There may be discrepancies in income between two people in a marriage. One person may not work for income at all, though that doesn't necessarily mean they aren't working and contributing financially to the household. I often see on posts on Facebook from people asking for advice regarding sharing or splitting of finances between a couple. Other people will offer what they do or what they would do in that person's situation. There really is no correct or right way, but there will be a way that it's done once two people are joined together. I believe it's best to have that discussion before getting married. Don't assume because you've been living together and haven't had arguments over money that you don't need to discuss how money should be managed after you get married. It may not sound romantic, but go on some money dates. Have candid discussions. Talk about what your thoughts are about money. Being in love will not prevent fights around money. How you spend money has nothing to do with how much each person in the relationship loves each other. It's likely that you and your significant other have different thoughts when it comes to money, whether it's saving, investing, or spending. You may have been raised different when it comes to money as well. And you probably value money differently, at least at some point. For example, are you frugal and your significant other is a spender, or vice versa? Are you conservative with investments and your significant other aggressive, or the opposite? And then what assets does each person bring into the marriage? as well as what kind of debt that each person has going into the marriage. And then what are your significant other's views on having and raising children? That's also something that is, I think, very important to discuss prior to getting married. If you're already married, it's not too late to start having open discussions about your household finances. Now, on the flip side, divorce is almost always financially messy. As Liz Gilbert said in Eat, Pray, Love, she offered all the assets and she would take all the blame. Dividing shared assets can be messy. And then there's the question of alimony, especially when one spouse sacrificed their career for the other spouse. However, it is my personal belief that when you're considering a divorce, that you don't make it solely a financial decision. You may think about the finances, but it's probably not the first thing to think about. Most people, when they're thinking about divorce, really think about it a long time before they act on it, generally over a year. And people get divorced for all different reasons. After reading about it, if I were to sum up the majority of reasons, it would be that at least one of the two people no longer want to be emotionally tied to the other. The most common reason cited for divorce is irreconcilable differences. If you find yourself constantly enduring physical abuse, emotional abuse, psychological abuse, then I really hope that there's no amount of money or material goods that would make it worth staying if it's clear that the other person has no intention on stopping the abuse. I'm not saying to not fight for your share of assets and possibly alimony, but sometimes it may be worth giving up financial assets to get out and move on. And of course, the motions don't end with a divorce. What divorce actually does is legally separate two people since in the United States, marriage is still a legal contract. I once heard, though I don't know how accurate this statement is, that it would cost about $35,000 in legal fees to draw up all the contracts to give two people the same legal rights that occur once two people get married. And I heard this number quite a while ago, so I really have no idea what it would cost now. That being said, I would say most people spend less than $1,000 to legally get married. And I'm talking about the marriage license and contractual part, not the wedding. Divorce typically comes with much higher costs than marriage. While filing an uncontested divorce itself may be a similar price to a marriage license, most people will get a professional, likely a lawyer, involved. When I googled 
how much does a divorce cost? The best answer came from Forbes. Quote, the medium cost of a divorce in the United States is $7,000, while the average is between $15,000 and $20,000, end quote. However, I've definitely heard of divorces that cost much more than that. Once a divorce is finalized, depending on the outcome, there may still be financial issues to address. But hopefully you will be able to move on and rebuild any financial setback. After all, while we need some money to live, life is about so much more than money. So that all being said, having a regular date night and connection with your spouse may be one of the best things you could do for asset protection. Be willing to invest the time, energy, and money in order to keep your marriage strong. But when it becomes time that you know that you just can't stay in that marriage, don't let the money be the reason to stay in it. After all, this is your one and only life and can always make more money. As always, thanks for listening to the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset podcast. I'll be back next week with another episode. And I would love to hear from you the listeners of the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset podcast. Which episodes have you enjoyed? What's a topic that you would like me to discuss on this podcast? My purpose in creating the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset podcast is to help educate physicians as well as others on finances, but also to open up your mindset in order to really live a wealthy life, which doesn't necessarily mean just having a lot of money, but having a life that you enjoy. I also want to free people's thoughts about money and allow people to let go of worry about money, to be able to feel secure around money, to be able to feel confident when it comes to managing money, and be able to think about money in different ways. You can always reach out to me by emailing me at growyourwealthymindset at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you could share it with your friends and colleagues. And now for the disclaimer. I am not a certified financial planner, accountant, or attorney, and nothing I say should be construed as professional investment, tax, or legal advice. This show is primarily for your education and entertainment. I am a physician, but I'm probably not your physician. So if you need any medical advice, please contact your own physician. Thank you.